Welcome to the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Neural Retraining and a certified MAP method practitioner specializing in chronic health conditions. Join me for episode 56, where we talk with Scylla Watcott, my client and classical homeopath, about the MAP method and her experience with MAP sessions. Hear how she describes the impact it has on trauma and the role that trauma has in health. We also discuss the MAP method as an energy modality and applications for anxiety, PTSD, depression, fears, and phobias. For those that are new to the podcast, let me explain that the MAP method is a holistic mind-body practice that works directly with the subconscious mind. Sessions are done at a distance over Zoom video conference or as part of an online self-paced program. In a session, the client is in a relaxed meditative state, focusing on a particular memory while the practitioner offers instructions to the subconscious mind. The MAP method is complementary to other types of therapy. The method is easy, gentle, and powerful, and the brain rewires itself during the session no practice necessary. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. As MAP method practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease or mental health issues. Instead, we work with the person and the personality to optimize health. Now, let's hear from Scylla. So, Scylla, I am really excited to have you join me on this podcast. Scylla and I have done about eight sessions together, eight MAP method sessions, and I really look forward to having this conversation with you and just getting all of your insights and your wisdom about how the MAP method has been helpful and your insights into what you think you've been able to achieve um, by going through this process. So, welcome, Scylla. Thank you, Madeline. It's great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So maybe we can start with, um, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself because I think who you are and, and your, your practice is important. And then also, how did you hear about the MAP method, you know, and why did you decide to try it? Sure. So I'm a classical homeopath. I've been professionally trained. I have a PhD in homeopathy and I've been working for about 15, 20 years in the field. So I have um, lots of clients all over the world and basically uh, use homeopathy exclusively, but I frequently refer to other modalities that can be complementary. So I found the MAP method simply through my investigation about um, things having to do with trauma you know, recognizing that trauma plays a huge role in health and seeing the past few years and how much people have been suffering from trauma and also how it, how it's played out in my own life in terms of my, um, 
my breast cancer diagnosis, my, um, you know, my desire to treat it completely naturally, which I have done for the last three years and, you know, exploring things for trauma and stumbled upon the MAP method and found that you were local to me as well. Even though we, we work through Zoom, you live in the same time zone, which always makes it convenient. Yeah. Okay. So when you found out about the MAP method and you found me, what is it that you were hoping to address with MAP sessions? Right. Well, you know, I identified that the majority of my trauma stemmed from uh, challenges that I faced with my biological son. I have a family full of adopted children and I have a biological son and his mood disorder uh, was very difficult for me to cope with the anxiety that that produced for me. So a lot of PTSD, um, just uh, my challenge of maintaining my equilibrium with his mood swings. So that was kind of my original thought. I knew that that played some role with my health and I wanted to really address that. So that was my, that was my thinking initially. Mm. Yeah, I remember that. I think our first few sessions were on that topic. And do you think it was helpful? I mean, what did you observe as a result of that? Yeah, I think it I think it's been very helpful. I think that we I operate with a low level of anxiety that's running like a motor or an engine all the time and I notice it very much when I wake up in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning, you know, times when I'm quieted, I can sense this kind of low level of anxiety and what I have found most distinctly, significantly with the MAP method is that that engine has gone down, that that sense of anxiety has reduced. It's quite clear. Um, it's subtle, but clear. So I find that I can find my equilibrium more quickly. I'm not waking with that sense of anxiety in the middle of the night. It's It's been very positive in that regard. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, as we worked together, we didn't stick to that topic. We kind of addressed, as we, as we do, right, each session, I, I say, when you come to the session, we will work on whatever is the priority for you. Um, you know, we, we worked to a number of different topics in our sessions together. And, you know, what you know, other traumas, maybe we can call it beliefs or thought patterns, um, things like that. What benefits have you observed over these eight sessions, emotional, mental, or physical? Well, I'm not sure if it's similar to other people's experiences or not, you know, because it's been my own experience, but I'm an avid meditator. So I meditate daily. And I find that the MAP method can be really effective and easy to access due to my meditation practice because I visualize very distinctly. And what I found is that as you're speaking and putting me into a little bit of a meditative state with your voice, your words, 
images start moving through my imagination and it takes me back to things from my childhood to experiences I had. And it's, it's almost like watching a rapid fire um, TV show. And those are the trigger points that are kind of like bubbles that are holding trauma. Mm. Um, and then you burst the bubble. You help me burst the bubble because you look at what that image uh, caused me to believe, mm. to, to create a belief that each time it's triggered, that belief pops up. So, you know, and I never, I come to each session with just some thoughts and feelings that occurred prior to that session. And then you're very good at tuning into what holds the energy because I, I think you're, you're jotting some notes and then you say, let's, let's look at this or let's look at that, um, which is very similar to how I operate as a homeopath because I'm always looking for where's the energy? Where is it that the person has tears come up? Or where is it that I hear their voice change? That's what's holding the energy and that depicts an internal state. So what you're doing is kind of identifying where the trauma lies and where the triggers lie based on your sensing of the energy. So you have this uh, capability to really identify where to focus. And then you focus on that. And, and basically it's just chatting between us, but it's coming from a meditative state on my part and it's coming from an empathic skill on your part and those two things together become very effective. Yeah, I like the way you describe that. Um, the, the, that image of a trauma bubble, you know, I think is so accurate, right? Because that is the faculty of the mind protecting us when we are in a situation that's overwhelming. We do not have the resources to handle that. The brain just freezes that entire experience and holds it somewhere right? Until we are in a place where we have the resources to fully process that and let it go. And I think that's what you do. That's what you experienced through these sessions. It's like traumas that you have had with you all this time kind of came to the surface and were released somehow. Right. It's almost like a bubble popping and emotions will come up and then it's released. And it, it took me a few sessions to really dive into it because I, part of me was a little held back, like what's this going to be? What's going to happen? And, and I almost um, stopped after the first few sessions thinking, I'm not sure if this is really working. But then as I allowed myself to open up to it more, it definitely started moving forward. And I, I feel like there's been great results. I, you know, I've tried a lot of modalities over the years and I really feel like addressing the trauma is key. Yeah, I agree. Do you have an example? You know, I love the way you described, you know, as the trauma came up, you that there was like a, a belief or maybe a lesson, I don't know, a, 
a decision that was made along with that traumatic experience. And when we could fully process the trauma, you could also change or let go of that, that belief. It, do you have an example of? Sure, I do. I do have an example. As a child, <clears throat> excuse me, my family acquired a dog that was a little bit unruly. And um, at one point we came home and the dog had destroyed a room, torn down curtains, ripped up things that, you know, it was a, it was a shocking and upsetting event. I believe my mother burst into tears from being so overwhelmed. And what that I associated that with was at any moment, something horrible could happen. And within my life, I've had many traumas. I had a husband commit suicide. I had a shipwreck. I had many traumas that confirmed that at any moment, something horrible could happen. And I think that that caused me to constantly be on guard. It's, it's as if at any moment, my life could be ruined. And that sense, that sensation resides in me causing this low level of vigilance and anxiety all the time. Does that kind of explain through an example what you're yeah, no. referring to? Yeah, that's a great, uh, great example, right? Because yeah, it's a perfect illustration of, and, and it's not to say that this is the only trauma or the only experience that um, was behind that that feeling of anxiety, right? the baseline feeling of anxiety, right. but it was a contributor. Right, and, and can, contributions can be very small things mm -hmm. that on the outside don't look like a trauma, but the perception to the individual created a belief at, in the moment. And this is similar to how I work with homeopathy because there may be something that occurred in the individual's past that no one else saw as a problem, but this child perceived as devastating in their lives and it creates an internal state. I mean, in your vernacular, it's a trauma. In mine, it's a state. Mm. And then I treat with homeopathic remedies to address a state. Mm. So, you know, the two modalities can work very, very well together as any energy modality can work well with homeopathy, acupuncture, um, chiropractic, opening up the spine, um, Reiki, you know, many, many different energy-based modalities can work well together. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, with, with the MAP method, we just have a, a difference. You know, the entry point is the mind, right? And the experiences we've had in life, you know, as you said before, uh, as a MAP practitioner, we are trained to find that priority, right? So people come, you know, like you in the beginning, like you weren't really sure what, what, what's happening here, you know, like, how is this actually working? How is this going to help me? And, and then, you know, through this, the first few, maybe two, three sessions, you started to it started to track for you, right? You started to feel maybe subtle changes that that 
convince, helped to convince you that something was changing here on a, a level that maybe you haven't been able to address before. Map method practitioners are, are trained to tune into the person that they're working with. We are trained to pick up um, information and um, we can do this across any distance, right? I work with people just like you all over the world. It is, um, is so when someone comes to work with me and they have, you know, a whole list of things, whole, you know, many goals, many um, things they want to change or improve about their life, many uh, trauma experiences, we are trained to be able to, to use our intuition through a process called muscle checking, which is a lot like muscle testing, except I don't have to push on your arm. I just push on my arm. I mean, metaphorically on your behalf, right? So I am picking up information from you and I am figuring out what is the thread we need to follow here. So even if there isn't um, an outward expression of that, there, you know, I don't, I, there isn't a, emotional change that I can observe that's maybe any different between A, B, and C, I can still figure out which, which one is the priority for us in this session. And we just, we follow that thread. Maybe you can speak to this, how, you know, no matter what we pick as the topic for the session, we follow that thread and your subconscious mind starts to show us the connections, right? Starts to show us what the associations are. And then out of your feedback, out of each round of instruction, I, again, using my intuition on your behalf, I, I'm looking for what is the next thing? What is the next thing we need to, to follow here? And that's what guides us through the session. Right. And it's definitely like following the breadcrumbs because different things start to pop up and I think it requires a, a willingness to access that because there are some individuals who may come into the process in a very intellectual way and they're looking for concrete answers and it's not like that. The answers are within the individual and you have to allow those bubbles to float to the surface and you don't know where they're going to take you. So there's an element of trust that's involved. And initially I had some increased anxiety at night. And I think I mentioned this to you where I'd wake up at night feeling more anxious and you commented that that can be resistance. And I recognized that to some degree I couldn't trust yet and I was resisting a little bit. And then that reduced and dissipated and uh, I moved forward. So it's it's been a process and I think that the more people have the capacity to visualize mm. and go into themselves, the, the, the more effective it can be. Because of course, there's no, there's no modality that's perfect for everyone. And I see this with homeopathy. Sometimes there's someone who's not progressing as anticipated and I'll recommend other modalities. Um, it's just a matter of what fits you. And, and this speaks to the importance of individualized medicine. This is where we're going as a society to individualize medicine. The energy modalities work and they're effective and emergency medicine and allopathic medicine works. If you're hit by a truck, you need your arm sewn back on. 
it works. But conventional medicine basically suppresses symptoms and creates more problems. So I see emergency medicine uh, advancing. I see energy medicine advancing. And the marriage of these, I, I actually have a colleague who's a pediatric anesthesiologist. So she works in a children's hospital, anesthetizing children, but she's trying to bring in energy modalities with light, with sound, with um, affirmations, all of these energy modalities, which is beautiful, which is what needs to happen, a marriage of these two kinds of healthcare. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. I think for the acute medical situation, absolutely, you know, absolutely, you want uh, you want to be in the hospital. You want medical care, the traditional style of medical care. But for chronic health conditions, you know, when you have not achieved your goals through traditional medicine alone, or even alternative modalities, there is something, you know, to be gained by working with the mind. So I think it's just another, another level, you know, when you're trying to recover from a chronic health condition, you want to be working, you want your mind working for you, not right. against you. Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. Because it's, yeah, such a huge part. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah please uh, share if you can, like, you know, what, what have you observed? So you talked about some of the emotional shifts you've noticed. Any other shifts, any other mental or physical shifts that you've observed as a result of sessions? Well, in recognition of the fact that we are all connected, mm. I've actually seen some shifts in my son, mm. which who knows, you know, what I can attribute that to, but I'm sensitive and open to the fact that it could very well be the shifts in me. So, you know, he's still got a mood disorder, but his management of it and his insights around it seem significant. So I've, I've seen that shift. I've definitely seen my own anxiety level decrease. Um, in terms of treating cancer, there's no one way to treat it when you're using natural methods. Everybody has a very different path. So that has to be chosen on an individual level. But a very important part of it is the mental state surrounding it, the fear, the anxiety. And I feel like that has definitely been impacted. So that's a positive result. I think that you're a good practitioner. I've seen, known, worked with a lot of practitioners in a lot of different modalities. I think you're a very good practitioner. So I have faith in that, trust in that. Um, yeah, I think it's a good process. It's one that I, I'm interested in continuing. I don't, I don't think it's a one and done or end of the journey because we're all filled with many, many experiences, memories, traumas. It's just the nature of life. That's, yeah, I agree. You know, people often come to see me for a certain reason, you know, they want to work on their anxiety or whatever. And then 
once they see the improvements in that, the original, um, you know, whatever their original goal, then they find other goals. Um, I want to be able to sleep better. I, I want improved hormonal balance or I want more success in my, in, in my life, in my relationships, in my business, right? I think part of the going through MAP method sessions is just greater awareness of ourselves and our patterns, our negative thoughts, our mood states. So yeah, I, I do often see that people will continue because there is something else. They realize there's something else I, I, I want to change here about how I think, how I operate in the world. Right, right. Yeah. How would you compare the MAP method to other other modalities, other things that you've tried? Well, I would say it seems very, very simple. Mm -hmm. You're simply speaking to my subconscious. Mm -hmm. So someone looking on might say, well, this, this isn't really doing anything. This is, this is nothing. She's just talking to my subconscious. But upon closer inspection, it, it does go deep. So um, I don't know, comparing it to other modalities, there's no comparison. Everything's in its own kind of category. Yeah, I'm not sure how to even compare it. I, th I think it's an adjunct to other modalities. I think it's something I want to do with other modalities, but not necessarily the only thing to do. Yeah, I think that's right. I think if some, if there had been a camera in the room when we were doing any one of our sessions, right, um, it would seem like um, well, we were just having a chat. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> tell you, okay, now it's time to close your eyes, focus on this memory or this right. event that we brought up. And I start to provide some instructions to your subconscious mind. I mean, I'm just speaking just in right. English, you know, you're hearing everything I say. But, you know, there is, there is a process that is happening, right? These instructions, if you will, are kind of kicking off a, a kind of search in the subconscious mind. Right. It's like going through a database. Yeah. And different things are popping up. And by the time we complete a session, I walk away with a feeling like, whoa, that was big. That was really big. And then it just settled into my body. And I, I don't think about it again, necessarily. Sometimes I do. And that makes me wonder if there's something untouched in that experience that still needs addressing because it comes up again in my conscious mind. But yeah, it's just talking. It's just talking. And then I come away from the session feeling very impressed that something really big happened there. Yeah. And so, you know, can you talk a little bit more about that? What is it what is it that you recognize that tells you something big happened there? What is the difference between the beginning and the end of the session? It's the bubble popping. It's because you didn't lead me there. You like in talk therapy, the practitioner is asking questions, say, you know, saying, well, what, 
I think you should do this, or, you know, they're injecting themselves, interjecting themselves, where you don't, it's complete, I'm driving the bus. So as you're talking, I'm rifling through this database of experiences visually in my mind that just are popping up one after another. So that's what you're utilizing. Um, and then once I've done that, you may ask a few questions, but something within me makes that bubble pop. It's like, oh yeah, I can see how this has caused that or how this is related to that. And that constitutes that bubble popping. It's this flood of emotion, sometimes visual with crying, sometimes not just a realization, but it's the bubble popping. And, and that's the mechanism where we hit it. We, we identified something and that clearly got dissipated. So the bubble popping is, I guess we can call it that trauma being fully processed and resolved, right? And, you know, what, what does it feel like afterwards when we worked with a very traumatic memory, for example, the memory of the dog destroying the, the, the room in the house or whatever. When you look at that memory after a session, is it different for you? Yes, it's definitely left less charged, less emotionally charged. Um, and you always ask at the end, how does that feel now, you know, on a one to 10 basis? I can't always identify it at that time, but it's later that when I think about it, I can feel that it's less impactful, less charged, less traumatic. So... Yeah. So for anyone who's thinking, how do I know, you know, a session has been successful. I mean, we, we try to illustrate this very clearly with the first session where the first session is always about working with a painful emotional memory and so that you can observe the difference between the beginning and the end of the session. But what I want people to understand is that it's not just that we have reduced the emotional intensity of that memory, right? Your subconscious mind is working is finding all connections to that memory, including other experiences that felt the same way, beliefs or thoughts, like the decisions, like you said, that we create around that experience. You know, it's finding all of the aspects of our personality that are connected with that experience and any filters like perspectives through which we see the world that were created as a result of that experience. Yeah. Assumptions. Yes. And so when the bubble pops, as you say, there is a, not only a decrease in the intensity of the emotion around the experience, but there's also a kind of, you can almost think of it as a deprioritization of that program, the whole program, right? In the mind, because the only reason it was being held at the top of your the subconscious operating system of your mind is because of the intensity of the emotion, right? This is how the mind works. Anything that causes a really intense emotion is prioritized in the operating system of our mind, subconscious mind. You don't realize this consciously, 
But this event, this traumatic event, which happened decades ago, you know, is, is still affecting you on a subconscious level. It is in a way running you, though you don't perceive that consciously. And when we can observe it, when we can harness the power of the subconscious mind to find all the connections, and when we can de-intensify that experience, we can also change how closely we hold that belief, right? It becomes less controlling of us. We can choose to substitute something else for that belief. Right. We can choose to see and experience our life differently because we're no longer looking through that filter of, you know, at any moment, something catastrophic can hurt me. So yeah, the whole program becomes deprioritized and can be replaced with something else. I like to end every session by focusing on the positive, by having the person focus on their intention. What is it you want? You know, what's the experience you want to be having in your life versus the experience you have been having? Because the mind is a powerful thing. The mind creates our entire experience of life. Exactly. Yeah. And I see that every day in homeopathy. We create our reality and each person's reality is so different. You can live with a person all of your life, but their reality is different than your reality. And this is startlingly potent. And, you know, what you're saying about reframing these experiences, the whole, you know, dog shocking anything can happen has really shifted things for me to say, look at all the traumas I've experienced and how well I've gone through them. I'm, I'm a strong person. It's not that the trauma is going to take me out. I'm in control and I'm strong enough to get through these traumas. Yeah, right. And often, you know, just along the same lines, you know, that's a, a theme that I hear expressed by a lot of people after sessions where they may have felt victimized, you know, in their lives by what has happened to them. But as you just said, when you can let go of that original belief, that original, then the trauma that created the belief, then you can reframe, right? You can have a new perspective of, look at how strong I am. I am the master of my life. I and I'm stronger than I, you know, and than I imagined. And all of these experiences that I've been through have shown me how strong I am. It can be a subtle shift, but, but the, I like to say the cumulative effect of multiple sessions is. It's definitely cumulative. Yeah. And I think if anybody comes into it expecting an immediate shift, I mean, maybe there are situations if someone has one simple phobia or that there can be an immediate shift, but more importantly, and for myself, it's been cumulative, definitely. So it requires that patience to just stay with it, see what happens. Don't make a judgment and, and see over time if it's cumulatively effective. I think you're right that it does require a certain level of openness. Yeah. Because it is unlike anything you've experienced before, probably. Um, and 
yeah, it, it just, it takes- In its simplicity, it's deceptive. Yeah. Because there, it, it's very simple. You're simply talking to my subconscious and then I'm sitting there visualizing stuff. <laughs> that's it. And then we chat about it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all that happens. There's no, you know, that, that's it. So, I mean, people could look at that from the outside and say, this is just woo-woo. There's nothing going on here. But there, there's actually a lot that, that takes place. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you saying that, you know, like it's going through the session, going through the process and, and our sessions have been 90 minutes, except for the first one, you know, it's, it's moving through that sequence of um, rounds of instruction and chatting. And like you said, that you get to a place where by the end you feel like, wow, something, something big, you know, mm-hmm. able to let go of something big. I feel differently about that situation. And, and over time, cumulative, you know, the cumulative effect is that you may feel different. You may be different. You may show up differently in your life, you know, which is really what we're trying to achieve. Whether a person comes to work on emotional um, issues or if they are, or mental or behavioral issues or chronic physical types of issues. That is what we're trying to achieve. So maybe you can talk about, you know, what, whether you recommend the method and for what kinds of situations. I'm actually very interested in your thoughts on this since you um, are a practitioner yourself. Yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it. Um, I'd say people who are amenable to homeopathy and understand the impact and meaning of energy in terms of health are going to be the most open to it and the most effective with it. Mm -hmm. So I would mainly recommend it to people who have that understanding about energy medicine. The flip side of that is if, if people are very allopathic and looking for you know, one pill or one session to change things, it's, it's not going to be as effective. I think the applications can be very broad from, you know, a generalized anxiety disorder, um, PTSD, definitely, um, depression, phobias, and then you know, with chronic health conditions, because there's always underlying emotional material with chronic health conditions. So I think those are going to be a little bit trickier to get at, but mood disorders, um, you know, all of it, I think can be applicable. I think the most important part is somebody being open to energy modalities. Because if they're not, they're going to make a judgment and they're going to drop out quickly. But if they can be patient and open to energy modalities and just be willing to give it a try for a number of sessions, I, I think they'll they'll see some results. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to say that the results kind of roll out in, a, I know, the, the sequence that I usually see is that first there's emotional shifts that happen then there are mental and behavioral shifts 
And then we get to the level of the physical because this is the order in which these issues have been created. Right. Yeah. So, you know, homeopathically, we know that people are in layers Hmm. and, you know, the deepest is the emotional. Hmm. Um, Physical is the outward manifestation. So if you first start addressing those emotional issues, eventually you'll see the physical manifestation, but that doesn't always happen first. Mm. So you'll first see the emotional shift. And, and people like with homeopathy, their explanation is, I just feel more like myself. Mm. And it's subtle, but they clearly feel more like themselves. And I'd say that's the same thing with, with this modality. You just start to feel less charged, less anxious, less jittery, you know, however you want to describe it. But that's the feeling that happens associated with the work. You know, you mentioned at the beginning the your understanding of the connection between trauma um, and its effect on health. You said it had a huge role in health. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit more. Because I don't, I think that most people don't understand that. It's such a huge piece of homeopathic work because we have something called never well since. And I may have a case with someone who's been, you know, maybe they present with migraines, hypothetically, or asthma, anything. And I'll always say, when did it start? Mm -hmm. And they'll say, well, my father gave my horse away when I was 12 and it was horrible and I was upset. So they're never well since a grief, right? A separation, a grief. Um, We had in in student clinic when I was in school many years ago, a client who um, was choking at the dinner table and the way his family addressed that and dealt with that created deep trauma for him. And he literally had symptoms into his 40s and 50s that we then treated with a homeopathic remedy and lifted. He had a miraculous turnaround, but it was all trauma-based from this initial experience. So, I mean, it's just a common fact, a well-known fact that people are never well since something and identifying that is a key to a remedy state that I'm going to match it with. So, I mean, uh, the work coordinates well with homeopathy and there's a lot of parallels with, with what happens in homeopathy. And, you know, there's a misconception among people who come to homeopaths that there's a remedy to treat X condition. So they'll, they may approach it with, well, what, what's the remedy for dementia or what's the remedy for something? There's no such thing. I mean, 10 people could have the same diagnosis. They're going to get 10 different remedies. It has to do with your subjective perception of the world, when it started, what's surrounding it. And all of that is exactly what you're talking about. Everything that's been built up around specific events or emotions or traumas. It's interesting. It's, it's fascinating. And I'm endlessly fascinated by people's personal experiences because everyone's different. There's no two people alike. 
Yeah, as you're talking, I'm thinking, yeah, this is exactly the same thing with the map method, right? I mean, someone comes to see me and they have great results for something, asthma, you know, migraines, as you mentioned, like those two examples. Then they send their friend, you know, who has the same condition, it could be an autoimmune condition, right? It could be anything. And they, they want the experience that their friend had, right? But I'm here to work with your mind. How, how can I give you the same experience as your friend? I mean, you may receive the same benefit, but the process is going to be completely different because you are a different person. You had your mind was formed around different experiences in the past, right? What you believe or what, what you hold to be true is different than that other person. You may have ended up in this with the same diagnosis. The way you got there is different. Therefore, the way that we will work together, the things that we will work on will be completely customized to you. Right. Right. And that harkens back to what I was saying about individualized medicine has to be individualized to be effective. Mm. So, and people are really seeing that and searching that out more and more people are coming to me as a practitioner and probably to you as well, because they see that they see that one, one size doesn't fit all and they want something individualized. Yes. I think that's so true. Yeah. Well, I have really enjoyed having this conversation with you today. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk with me and share all of your your insights, your experience with the MAP method, and also just your insights into the human condition. (laughs) Well, thank you, Madeline. It's been good to be here. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. Please listen again, and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about health applications of the MAP method of advanced neural retraining, visit our website, mindremapforhealth.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2022 by Twin Cities Neural Retraining. Music by Barbara Benz.